have some fun this morning. Thank you for coming. Let's turn our Bibles again to John chapter 9. And okay, you guys can go. Keep forgetting. It's a lot of a lot of things happening today. Amen. It's gonna be a good service. Thank you for being here. Let's turn. John chapter 9 and beginning in verse 1. Thanks, brother. And as Jesus passed by, isn't that a great start to a chapter? As Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Between 2017 and 2018, over 13 million Australians, a total of 55% of our total population, have one or more long-term eye conditions. The Australian Bureau of Statistics states, that 7.2 million in Australia have hyperopia, long-sightedness, 6.3 million with myopia, short-sightedness, 1.4 million with astigmatism, that's blurred vision, 687,200 with presbopia, that's farsightedness, 548,600 with colorblindness, 410,800 with cataracts, 236,600 with molecular degeneration, and 131,000 people at that time, between 2017 to 2018, are with complete or partial blindness. If you hear those statistics, they should, they should you know, boggle your mind. Why? Because today, you had the opportunity just a moment ago to open up your Bible and to read alongside Brother Johan, and you could see. But I'd like to share with you an issue that, that not just impacts Australia, but impacts the rest of the world. And my propositional statement for you this morning is simply this, is that Yes, that's physical blindness. Yes, there's an issue that we have here and throughout the whole world about this physical issue. I want to remind you today, if you're a believer, that there are many that walk our streets that are spiritually blind. That there are many people currently living today trying to go through the problems that they face time and time again with no vision in sight. They're in complete utter darkness, and my friend, you and I are the answer. You and I have, given, have been given the privilege of being the light of the world as Jesus Christ has stated in his, in, in, in his conversation with his disciples in John chapter 9 that he is the light of the world for a season. And God has given us the privilege today, and if we're here, if we're saved, if we know that we're going to heaven, we have a purpose, and God has given that to us so that we can accomplish it. And let me remind you, and though Australia has a lot of need in regards to physical eye ailments, Australia has a great need for people to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's turn our Bibles. Our first point for us today is simply this. Jesus, Jesus had an interaction with his disciples. Jesus had an interaction with disciples. Today we'll go through um, three interactions 
And I believe that through, um, all of these three will, will speak to your heart as he spoke to mine as I studied. And I pray that, that it will change your heart and help you to see the importance of what we do and why we do the things here in our church. See, Jesus was a very polarizing figure at the time. You need to understand at the moment, we can, make, we can claim the name Jesus and people say, oh, that's nice, that's fancy, that's okay. But back in the days, as this, the, the scriptures were written, as, as Jesus roamed the streets, to be associated with Jesus was to be thrown out of the synagogue, was to be thrown out of this place of worship that for generations have been, has been established to connect you and God together. To be a follower of Jesus in this time wasn't something that was a good thing to many people. That meant that they were separated from their families, separated from their traditions. This was a, a negative thing. So Jesus Christ was a very polarizing character. People either adored Jesus or people wanted to kill him. And so the first point for us this morning is that Jesus' interaction with his disciples. Let's see in verse 1. We've already read it. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. In verse 2. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind? It's interesting, even from the get-go of the chapter, you see the difference between um, Jesus Christ himself and the followers of Jesus. You can see the difference in the perspective of Jesus Christ. He says here in the first verse, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. As Jesus passed by, he saw the issues that this man had. As Jesus passed by, he, he saw the needs that this man had and the duration of, the, of, of his needs. And it wasn't just a... a, a, a a disease that just happened to occur in his late 60s. No, this man had it from birth. Imagine for not seeing, not being able to see the color of your skin, the color of the sky from birth. Jesus Christ saw that. But the issue here does not lie with Jesus Christ. It lies with the disciples. And the disciples don't even ask about Jesus. You know, you've healed people before. Could you heal this man? Is that what they said? They, look at, they looked at the depravity of this man as he withered away, not being able to work, as he not, wasn't able to go and, and feed for his family. He, they look at this man and they say to Jesus, Jesus, who sinned? Was it him or was it his parents? And the perception of these disciples really revealed the heart of the disciples. And many dispute whether the disciples' perceptions were tainted. Um, a couple of years before this actually occurred, there was, a, there was, a, there was a, a doctrine, a philosophy that permeated that part of Israel. Simply this, there was a um, philosophy introduced by Pythagoras who taught that all mankind had existed some, in some other body before their appearance in this present form of nature. And that the sins that were committed by them during their former state Caused them to be punished in their current state. And it's interesting because you say, um, well, the disciples, they, they didn't believe that. Well, if you notice the, the Pharisees later on in the chapter, they actually say, you're, you're, you were born in sin. Right? 
So this has permeated their concept and their perceptions. And as they were doing this, Jesus regarded him as a suffering person needing relief. Jesus saw past the superficial and saw the eternal. Jesus saw him as a person that, will soon, that he will soon die for. That's how, what Jesus saw. But the disciples saw him as a, as a problem that needed to be fixed, as a, as, a, as a riddle that needed to be solved. You see, today as we, as we are studies of the scriptures, we know that there's two purposes for the miracles. One is to validate a message. And secondly, is to teach his disciples. That was the reasons for, for miracles in the Bible, is to validate a message and to teach his disciples. So as he began teaching his disciples, remember, this conversation didn't happen with Jesus and the blind man. This started off with Jesus and his disciples. And now he's going to teach his disciples something about himself. He says this in verse 3. Jesus answered, Neither had this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Church, let me remind you, Jesus Christ is no longer here. Amen? Jesus Christ, according to the scripture, is sitting at the right hand of the Father. We know that. Why? Because when Jesus Christ left, the Holy Spirit came down. If he didn't leave, the Holy Spirit wouldn't be here. Understand this today. You have the Holy Spirit inside you if you're a blood-bought, born-again believer. Amen? And so as a Christian, as a believer of Jesus Christ that is sealed unto the day of redemption, God has given you a purpose, and we know that purpose. Why? Because we've been preaching it for the last 25 years in this church, and that is to tell people about Jesus. Tell people about somebody that loved everybody, and he gave his life for them. Jesus Christ. So if you're looking for a church today, you're, you're going to look for a church that, that reads the Bible and preaches Jesus. Today we're going to share to you a little bit, and we'll go through it a little bit today, in regards to the responsibility as believers to be the light of the world. We were reminded about this earlier this year as the young man got up and preached. It says this in 1 Peter 2.9. But, be, but ye are the chosen generation, a royal plea, a priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which has not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from the fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they might by your good works, they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. We have been given this responsibility, church, and that is to tell people about Jesus. And Jesus Christ was reminding his disciples, you got to do it. I'm going to keep on doing it until I'm gone. And when I'm gone, I'm giving you guys a responsibility. Just read, read Matthew chapter 28. You know the verses. Not only what he said, nextly, 
what Jesus Christ did. John chapter 9, verse 6. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Verse 7. And said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which, which is by interpretation sent. And it says this, this last sentence, is a, it's an amazing understatement in the Bible. It says this, And he went his way, therefore, and washed. It says this, And came back saying, Isn't that great? Isn't that great? He came back saying, Praise the Lord. I, I, I don't know about you, but, but there's some things that I have in my life, some problems in my life that, that are not as big as not having sight. I'm not sure about you, but, but for me, it's just like God has given me the ability to be able to speak and to be able to hold my hands together like this and to be able to kneel when we pray and to be able to, to talk and to be able to see. God has blessed us with that and blessed me with that. And so... When, when I hear about someone that was miraculously healed, not by a doctor, but the great physician, it brings a smile to my face, amen. And it ought to with you. It ought to with you. Why? Because as believers, this is our sole responsibility to hear and to share the gospel of Jesus and to see people get saved. And so, I don't want to bring back last week's message to this week, but I want you guys to understand, we still have responsibility. And your problems are not excuses for the mandate that God has given to you. I'm sorry, but God has given you a mandate, and that mandate is go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. Is that okay to say? Amen. Because it's all good and well to, to come and sit down and sleep. It's fine. You do that. But the mandate is not going to be fulfilled if we're sleeping as a church. The mandate's going to be fulfilled if we're going to shine as light and share the gospel. That's what Jesus did. Sometimes God allows some hard things so that he can show his ability. We want to see the conflict and the immediate res- resolution we don't like to be drowning too much. And so once we, we get ourselves into deep water, we want to get out straight away. Uh, when, when we have a problem in our life, we want the answers to be straight away. And so what we do is we, we make rash decisions to govern our life because of our problem. And so this is what happens. We get a big bill, and instead of coming to church on Sunday, we decide to do overtime because we need to pay the big bill instead of waiting on the Lord. I'm sorry, that hurt, but it's okay. Why? Because the priority ought to be the Lord. And sometimes God's resolution doesn't come immediately. And the sad thing is, is that because God is taking too long, I'm going to make my own decision, and I'll make my own, my, my own choices, and I'll do my own thing. Why? Because God's taking too long to answer my problem. And so you find so many Christians wasting their life on minuscule problems while this great problem over here of lost souls, of blind men and women headed to an eternity of hell. 
they miss out on the gospel. Why? Because we have little minuscule problems that's taking up our time because we don't want to trust God. We don't want to allow God to lead us anymore because he's taking too long. And church, we ought not be like that. Why? Because when Jesus Christ saw him, he didn't see the problem. Do you understand? He saw the eternal issue. Yes, he was blind. Yes, he had problems. But you'll find out Jesus Christ finishes the job. At this moment, the job's not finished. He's, he's, he's physically able to see, praise the Lord. But the job's not finished. Why? Because we'll know with this next interaction. All right. Next two. You guys are doing well this morning. I'm trying to have a look at time. See, Jesus violated traditions. He made mud on the Sabbath. He anointed the blind man's eyes on the Sabbath. He commanded a washing on the Sabbath. And Jesus Christ was just completely against it. Eh? Oh, he was showing them, hey, it's changing. Things are different. Back in the past, that was okay. But now, since I'm here, things have changed. And I, I want to show you something. That was the interaction between the disciples and Jesus. Now we're going to see the, the interaction between the healed man and religion. Because the story doesn't stop there. If you read your Bible, you find that there's a stack more of the story that continues on. And this healed man is now brought before the courts. And I was trying to save time for you. He, he's brought before the courts inside the synagogue, and they begin to rail him and ask him and accuse him of a, a couple of things. And so let's turn um, to John chapter 9, verse 15. The healed man's interaction with religion. This is probably one of the most disheartening passages of Scripture in regards to religion. It says here in verse 15, Then again the Pharisees also asked him how he, should, uh, how he had received his sight, he said unto them, He put clay upon mine eyes, and I washed and do see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. You see, the Pharisees' perception of Jesus was limited. Why? Because, they, because Jesus didn't align himself to their traditions and to their prejudices. Jesus Christ didn't align himself to all what they said. What, what, instead, what, instead, of, instead, of not, instead of just continuing walking, he healed the man. And he healed him in a way that, knew, that he knew he was going to offend people. He healed him in a way that he knew that people were going to start talking and say, you know what, let's bring, let's bring this guy to the Pharisees and let the Pharisees figure that out because, you know, I don't even know if this guy is really the Messiah or the Son of God. And they continue on and see this relationship, this interaction between this healed man and religion and there's a questioning about Jesus. But you see in verse in verse 17, they say unto the blind man again, What sayest thou of him, that he hath opened thine eyes? He said, He is a prophet. Let me ask you, church, was Jesus a prophet? Yes or no? He sure was. Amen. 
but he was more than a, more than a prophet. Amen. If you don't believe me, read Hebrews chapter 1, 1 to 4. And you'll, you'll see that Jesus Christ is more than a prophet. He's actually greater than the prophets. Not only is Jesus Christ a priest, he is the great high priest. Not only is, man, there's so many things that you can so tangent to go through. But let me tell you today, church, it is not enough to just think that Jesus is a good man to get to heaven. It is not enough just to think that Jesus was a prophet to get to heaven. My friend, this man, even though he perceived some religion, even though he perceived the fact that he is of God, that that's not enough for him to get to heaven one day. And you'll find that in the relationship with Jesus in the next chapter. But at this time, what he testified to those that were in the, in, in the courts, the religious courts of the day, he said, you know what? Jesus is a prophet. And when, they, when he said that, he associated things. That if he is a prophet, then the things that he spoke must be correct. And that's why it was rejected. That's why it was shunned upon. That's why it was so disgusted and, dis, and it was almost like a division between the courts. Why? Because if Jesus was who he said he was, then when he said that I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man cometh unto the Father but by me, when he said that, he said, I and my Father are one, that meant that Jesus was not lying. He was telling the truth. And amen today that he is telling the truth. Why? Because he is the Son of God. As, a, as John the Baptist turned around and he saw Jesus coming past, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh the sin of the what? Elect? Is that what it says, my friend? No, the world. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Why? He didn't just die for our sins. He died for the sins of the world. 1 John 2, 2. Read it. The understanding today is that Jesus Christ is who he said he was. And as this man testified, an unsaved man testifying of what Jesus Christ did. Remember, the miracle was to testify of a message. Okay, well, this guy healed my sight. Now I don't know what to believe. He testified to the point where he got kicked out of the church. If you continue reading the passages of Scripture, that, that individual that stood up for Jesus Christ, that was not saved, that did not know the Messiah got kicked out of the traditions of man. And it's interesting, the differences between his parents and the healed man. The parents responded, hey, he's old enough. If you, you can read it later on. I know it's going to take long to read, but take some time later on this afternoon to read John chapter 9. And what you find is the parents, they get scared. And they say, you should ask him, he's old enough. And, and the Bible gives a little uh, insert, and I'll, I'll read it for you. He gives a little insert in regards to this, um, in this man, in verse 19. And they asked, um, let's go 18. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. Verse 19. And they asked them, saying, is this your son? Who ye say was born blind. How then doth he now see? Verse 20, his parents asked, answered them and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But what means he now seeth, we know not. Or what hath opened his eyes, who hath opened his eyes, we know not. 
he is of age, ask him. He shall speak for himself. Verse 22, it shows the inside of those, those people's hearts. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Isn't that scary? Something's working in the heart of your child, and God is speaking to your child to do something. And the limitation and the fear is not set upon that individual, it's set upon his parents. Why? Because now we grew up here. Now this is what we're supposed to do. This is our tradition. Because we know the rules. If, if, if you believe this, then son, they'll put you out of the congregation. You, you won't be able to come in and, and sacrifice anymore. We cannot do those, those things together inside this place anymore. But do you know what? The son turned around as an adult and still professed Christ. Got kicked out of the church. That's his response and his, his interaction with religion. And you say, what's the point of sharing all these things? You know what? Though that there was a disbelief between what Jesus Christ had done, though this man had experienced the power of God through the restoration of his sight, he also experienced the depravity of a sinful man in their disbelief with Jesus Christ. You know, today, church, there are many that are sitting in, in, in churches in synagogues, in temples, all around this place, and they're discontented with what they're hearing. Why? Because it doesn't line up. There are people in the Roman Catholic Church today that are, are, are thinking, wait, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't line up with Scripture. And currently, there are people there that are religious people that are trying to look for the truth. And who are we to say, no, they, they don't need it because they, they have the gospel. No, everyone needs it. They need to hear about Jesus too, the ones that are looking. And imagine the, the state of this man. He'd just been healed of his, his, his blindness from his birth. He goes to the church that he grew up in, his whole life was in, and they turn around and they say to him, you know what, that, that, wasn't, that was false, that was all unreal. That was, mate, you're, you're, you were born in sin. We're followers of Moses, and you're followers of this Jesus. And they cast him out. Imagine the turmoil that's in there. This is what I like about the Bible. The story doesn't end there. There was an interaction between Jesus and his disciples. Next, there was an interaction between the healed man and the religious system of the day. But now there's an interaction with him and Jesus. Notice this with me, and we'll close up soon. Thank you for listening so well. It says this in verse 35. John chapter 9, verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe in the Son of God? The healed man's interaction with Jesus, instead of moving to another town, may have been the case. As soon as he had word that this man was cast out of the synagogue, Jesus went looking. Do you know, do you know what that encourages me to do? 
all those people that laughed at me at high school, telling me that, mate, you're a Bible basher. You know what you want to do? You want to go there? Tell them about Jesus. All those times that people, your friends, your family, they have mocked you and said, you know what? You know, they, 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 you're, 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 you're all this, this Jesus stuff. You just believe the Bible now. How about our family tradition? Do you know all those people, they still can get saved? And it tells me that, that you don't give up. It tells me that Jesus Christ saw the importance of going back to that, that healed man. Yes, he was healed physically, but he needed to be healed spiritually. Why? Because he thought that Jesus was just a prophet, my friend. He's a lot more than that. And even though that they're bouncing around different religions trying to figure out which one's the right one, and, and they're trying to figure it out, and they, they're trying to line things up, but it's not lining up. They just need somebody in this room to stand up and testify. Do you know what the answer? The answer is not religion. It is not religion, my friend. It's Jesus. Jesus Christ died for their sin, not religion. You say, oh, but we believe in religion. Yes, 100% he does. We do. It can get you closer to God, but it won't get you into the gates of heaven. I'm sorry. And time and time again, we find people relying on this thing called religion. But that's not where they should rely on. And do you know what we've done? We've, we've left them. We've left them and we've moved on because we think they are too hard for the Holy Spirit to work in their hearts. They're too hard for us to, to speak the word of truth and not think that the, the word, of, word of God is going to pierce their heart. You know what? Every single time you share the word of God, it will pierce their heart. Every single time. And it might not seem like it. And they might just laugh at you. And they might just joke you off. But the truth is, the Word of God will do His job, and it'll keep on going, and keep on going, and keep on going. So don't give up. Jesus didn't. He went back, and He saw the man. And do you know what He did? He goes, how's your eyesight going? Is that what He said? According to the Scripture? Do you know what He said? He, he, didn't, he didn't even bring up. The Bible doesn't record Him bringing up the fact that His eyes are now physically seeing he turns around and he says this. He says, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? Capital S, capital G. Amen. Verse 36. He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? Verse 37. Jesus testifies of himself. Says this. And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe in him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. Isn't that beautiful? You've been looking. You got rejected by a different religion. You got, you, people look at you funny because things are not lining up. And now you're, you're searching. Now Jesus is the answer. And he says this in verse 38. And he said, Lord, I believe. He didn't join a church. He didn't confess to the priest. He didn't pray three times a day, four times a day, five times a day. My friend, what he says, he says, I believe. Do you know where the worship went? 
Jesus Christ. Amen. Sure did. Why? Because when you have an interaction with Jesus, He heals inside here. And God has given you the privilege of holding that whole canon of Scripture in your hand so that you can share it, so that you can change someone's life. You can lead them to the person that can change their life. Amen. (laughs) Remember, we're just channels, right? And the understanding today, church, is simply this, is that, yeah, the man was healed physically, but here, find that the man is healed spiritually. He recognized who the Son of God was, and that's Jesus. Amen? Church today, as disciples, we learned that our own perceptions can limit the way that we see people instead of seeing how God sees people. The interaction between Jesus and the disciples shows us that God sent Jesus as the answer for the detriment of society. It shows us that Christ has given us the responsibility to share the light to all men, not just the ones that we think will listen. To the ones searching through religions, whether you're here in the auditorium or you're listening online, Religion will not save you. Don't let the world's view of religion destroy your looking for the Savior. True religion will enable you to get closer to God and bring you to a point to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. To the one searching and is here today, just like the the ex-blind man saw Jesus for who he is, so must you today. Jesus Christ is more than a prophet. Jesus Christ is more than a priest. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And he humbled himself to die on the cross for your sin. And today you can receive him as your Savior. Jesus Christ knows exactly where you are because he'll find you. Jesus Christ loves you and wants you to know about him. And that opportunity for you is here today. And we'd love to share to you from the Bible how to know that you're going to heaven when you die. Church, I know it's raining a lot. But ask yourself, where am I? Am I still in that conversation with the disciples? Am I still talking to Jesus about solving the issues of the world and how it's going to be solved? Or am I trusting in what he's already provided through scripture? Are you looking and trying to find the truth where God's given it to you? It's here. We have been given the responsibility, church, and I pray the Lord spoke to your heart from the miracle to the Messiah. Amen? Because it's a miracle, is a great thing. God did an amazing thing in a miracle, 100%. But for him to turn around and say, I believe and worship, that's the next level. That's salvation. That's amazing. That is eternal. 
not just the temporal things that we can't see or can see. That's your soul. So let's pray. Thank you again for listening so well. As the pianist comes, take some time to pray. Again, let's pray. Father, again, we come before you, and we thank you, Lord, for just the opportunity to be in your house. And, Lord, I, you know my heart today wasn't supposed to be an indictment, rather an encouragement to your people to serve you, to glorify you. And, Father, again, I ask, Lord, as even though we go and we do our things today and we get busy, I pray, Lord, that you help us to evaluate our relationships with you. Help us, Lord, to see our shortcomings and, again, come before you, Lord, and, and get those things right and sorted out. 